and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, week 14 in the books in the National Football League. A couple of stunning upsets we had this past week. We saw also the playoff pitcher of both the AFC and the NFC take a big hit, as now we have some new teams entering, some former teams that were in the playoff pitcher originally now starting to get into danger ter- dangerous territory in terms of how they've fared the last couple of weeks. And for both you and myself, a rare victory Monday. Or I should I say mean, Tuesday, w- as it's recording. I, I shouldn't say I'm celebrating Victory Monday. I was kind of hoping they'd lose, like any other normal fan would be. Yeah, I. when you're in that spot where you're hoping your team, you know, starts to tank because the season's pretty much over, Uh, yeah, you kind of want to lose. But the good news for you is that most of the teams that were in that same spot with your team, uh, they also won. So you're still in the number two draft position as of this moment going into week number 15. So yeah, there's I mean, a silver I'll, lining. I'll take it. Listen, I wish we could be close to them. I don't think anyone's going to catch the Panthers at this point. Um, no, no. Chicago is, is most likely going to have a firm lock on having the number one pick in the draft. Um, I think it's really going to come down to who gets that number two pick because that could change the landscape. Now, keep in mind, we don't know what the Bears will do with the number one pick. That's still been the biggest speculation of the entire week. And... That's a big thing considering what happened for them on Sunday. They pulled off a big stunning upset over the Detroit Lions. And they have a realistic chance of maybe just keeping Justin Fields after this season and just maybe trading down in the draft and trying to get some assets around Justin Fields. Maybe a Marvin Harrison. I know you were also looking at him as well. Or maybe some offensive line help. So the Bears are in an interesting situation. But... Let's talk about your team, the New England Patriots, and what they did this past Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, very good first half for your team. Bailey Zappi looked pretty good offensively. You know, had made some pretty strong throws. And the Steelers, this is the second straight game in which they faced the 2-10 and team, and they lost to that said 2-10 and team. And now they're in a spot where they're 7-6 and on the season. Uh, it looked like things were going well. Every quarterback in the division was getting at a point injured. It was just, you know, Kenny Pickett and Lamar Jackson that were healthy. Then you saw Kenny Pickett go down on Sunday against the Cardinals. Now they lose to the Patriots. And Mitch Trubisky was very up and down in this game. Uh, Now the really big question for the Steelers is, can they maintain the rest of the season and get into the postseason, considering the amount of seven and six teams that we currently now have in the AFC wildcard race? Yeah, it's going to be a race to the top here. And if you had told anyone that, by the beginning of December, the starting AFC North quarterbacks would be Mitch Trubisky, Joe Flacco, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Jake Browning. I think no one would be, nobody would believe you. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the Patriots wins. So. Let's talk about P- Bailey Zappi. Played a great first half and then, you know, existed in the second half. Nothing really went <laughs> on, but it was enough. No. Listen, it was, an, it was enough offense that the team pulled off a victory, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Uh this is a stat for everyone. The NFL as a whole, excluding the Patriots, are 54-0 and when holding their opponents below uh, 10 points. The Patriots okay. are 1-3. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It's now it's 54-1 and because of a ga- that abomination of a game, which we'll go into later on. Uh, but that's because neither team could score. But 
Here's the here's the deal of the Patriots. They've lost seven games by one possession or less. So you're talking a game they had it at the end. You know, they can make a drive towards the end of the field. They have a chance to win it. Can't do it. Seven times that happened this season. If they even win less than half that, they win three of those. All right, I'm not asking for much, but I'm asking for if you can win a couple of those games, this team is probably six. This is probably a six-win football team right now. Is, is it not? Uh, yeah, maybe. Listen, I mean, I don't. I can go over the. Uh, I can go over the games right now if you uh, if you like. Sure. And I'll do. I'll do rapid fire. Rapid fire, right? So week one versus the Eagles, right? Remember, uh, uh, Kayshawn Boutte, he could or Kayshawn Booty, yeah, however you want to enunciate his name. He yeah. he couldn't stay. In, he couldn't stay in bounds, right? So they lose that game, one score game against the Eagles early in the season, definitely winnable, right? Uh, 25-20 is the final score. Next week, 24-17 to the Dolphins. 15-10 win to the, against the Jets. They got blown out by the Cowboys at Saints. One, uh, 21-17 loss to the Raiders. They win against the Bills. 31-17 loss against the Dolphins. 20-17 loss against the Commanders. 10-6 loss against the Colts. 10-7 loss against the Giants. 6-0 six, uh, six loss against the Chargers. That's seven. Listen, if you had, uh, if you had a little bit better offense, I think they could have won... Their last five, they could have won potentially won their last five games in a row. That's not really a crazy statement. They could have beaten the Colts, uh, the Commanders, Colts, Giants, and Chargers. Is that really a crazy st- statement? Uh, well, I mean, the Giants game that that was at the point of the season where I mean, you already wanted to tank and you weren't. No, I, you know, I listen. I hundred percent agree. To it. This is a team that should be tanking. But what I'm saying is, early on the season, this no, could have been I a lot different. No, I know what different. you're getting. It, it, it could be a different scenario where if you win your games earlier on in the year, then that game against the Giants is one of a very big importance. And uh, I, I don't know. This is I neither think, here nor there, Bill. I think it's a weird spot for New England because, obviously, you've been accustomed to winning for these past couple of decades, and now you're in a point where there's rumors Belichick might not be on the team next season. Yeah, I'm going to ignore that. I don't really I, think I don't care what's, what, what talk I don't, radio hosts have to say, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a real rumor. I'd be very stunned if that happens, but considering he signed an extension in the offseason, I would be stunned if that were to happen. But yeah, I just can't see it happening. It could be the start of maybe that process potentially happening, considering how this season has gone. You never know what could happen because you got to think about it. I mean, it's a changing of the time, the NFL. I mean, at some point, Bill is going to have to step away and is going to be done with the game of, game of football as a, as a whole when it comes to coaching. So that could be the start of the process right now, but I think it's still early to tell. I think – the way it, it really is going to depend on how New England ends their season if they want to, if Belichick's going to potentially stay there or not, in my opinion. But only time will tell. Let's talk about that Ravens game, right? Ooh. That was a thriller. I think uh, I saw Frank the Tank had Ravens, uh, I'm yeah, sorry, no. Rams yeah, minus plus five and, plus and a half. Five and, a half. Yep. and you could, I'll, I'll give you, I'll let you uh, give the analysis on this one because that was, uh, that was an exciting game from start well, to Well, you got to give your props to the Rams and what they've done these past couple weeks. They have been playing some pretty decent football and have put themselves in a position right now as if the season were to end today, they'd be one of the teams potentially fighting for a wild card spot. Now, right now, they don't currently have that last wild card spot, but they have put themselves in the spot where if they can win a, a couple games down the stretch of the season, maybe they can sneak into the uh, postseason. Now, in this game, it looked like the Ravens were going to maintain and you know control the game early on, but 
The Rams made a good, strong effort to end the first half. Actually went into the second half with the lead. Matthew Stafford had a pretty solid game. Kyron Williams ran for over 100 yards. We saw Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua doing their thing. Uh, Davis Allen, the rookie tight end out of Clemson, had a pretty strong impact as well. And Lamar Jackson and company, they had to fight their way back into the fourth quarter to try to hold on and win this game. Game went into overtime, and Baltimore would sneak out the win on a punt return touchdown from Tylen Wallace. They escape with a 37-31 win, and they currently right now have the best record in the AFC, and they right now maintain and control their own destiny for home field advantage in this year's playoffs. What a feel-good story, right? Like, how could anyone be mad about that game, right? Listen, Lamar Jackson, he's... I think he's playing better than he was his MVP season, and this is why. I'm, and, and this is why, right? So I, obviously he won the MVP, right? But how did he win the MVP? Let's actually break that down. Not say he didn't deserve it, but his MVP season, right? That was twenty nineteen. That was. I'm trying to think. That was, was the twenty nineteen because that was the second year in the league. Was it twenty nineteen? Because I'm trying to think. Because they lost to the Titans. Right? Yeah, yes. yes. They lost to Tennessee. And then the Titans went on to lose to the... Was that the Patriot year? Yes. Okay. So continue. So he did a lot of his damage on the ground here. I, I think that's... He was mainly a rushing quarterback. He has as many... Almost as many completions as he does in 2019. His MVP year. As he does this year. And, he, and, the, and with less uh, with, with less games. Right. So I think he's out really elevated his passing game. And you got to see who he's passing to because he had Mark Andrews for half the season, but that's about it. He's got a rookie wide receiver. He's got one leg Odell Beckham Jr. Isaiah Likely had a pretty strong game as well. Yeah, Isaiah Likely. Yeah, but these aren't like household names. He right. doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have Travis Kelsey. Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown. He doesn't have any of these big-name wide receivers. He did have a big-name tight end, but he's been missing half the season. And he's doing this with these guys. I don't want to say no-name talents at wide receiver and tight end, but not household names. So right. I think it's just—it's way more impressive that way. I realize he's not throwing as many touchdowns, but he's having a hell of a season right now. Well, I think the biggest thing is that they got Todd Munkin in the offseason, the former Georgia offensive coordinator, and he's now the new OC for this Ravens team. And they still haven't had any hiccups with the offense. So you, you mentioned even with the, the injuries they've had this season. And keep in mind, that's been a problem for Baltimore the past couple of years as well with their injuries. But to consider, to consider the fact that they right now have the best record in the AFC, um, they would have a potential chance to have home field advantage in this year's playoffs. And considering that the teams you have in the AFC right now going on, you have the Chiefs, who have had some issues right now, but they're still – you know, a viable threat in the AFC. The Dolphins are having an up-and-down year. You have all these wild-card teams as well. Jacksonville has also been a, a very solid team as well. The Ravens still have something to prove, in my opinion. I think they're trying to prove to the world that they can be that legitimate threat to finally get to the Super Bowl because you don't want to waste Lamar Jackson's uh, potential and his talent. You want to get him to that Super Bowl stage, and they got to do it sooner rather than later, in my opinion, because... Once you get to a point where you can't get to the Super Bowl, then it leads to questioning around your coaching. And that's why I think right now they're doing a great job. They got the best record in the AFC tied with San Francisco for and the Eagles and the Cowboys for the best record in the entire NFL. 
So they're they're doing really good. And considering Fat Johnson, let's also keep in mind, they're in the toughest division, in my opinion, right now in the entire uh, NFL. Every single team in the AFC North right now is above 500. Yeah, no, best division in football. And uh, do you want to go more into more AFC North action? Do you want to talk about that Bengals game that happened this past weekend? How about Jake Browning right now? He is playing some inspiring football. And we've seen – that's kind of like the new narrative we have going on right now in the NFL. These backup quarterbacks are playing some phenomenal football right now these past couple weeks. We talked about Bailey Zappi earlier on in this show, beating, helping the Patriots get a win. We'll talk about another backup quarterback that I would like to – you know, I'm going to love to talk about later on in the show. But Jake Browning, after that impressive Monday night football performance against the Jaguars – Puts up another great showing in this one against the Indianapolis Colts. And this is a Colts team going into the game, Johnson, that had won five straight going into it. So this was a red-hot team right now in the playoff picture going into it. But the Bengals put up a very dominant performance, winning 34-14. to They now go to 7-6 and and also drop the Colts to 7-6. and So the Bengals, who we all pretty much all rode off after the, the Joe Burrow injury, now they're back into the playoff mix, and they could maybe make a realistic case to sneak into the playoffs this season as a wild card team. I think they will sneak in at this point. It's not. It's not a far fetched. Uh, it's not a, anything. It's not far fetched by any stretch of the imagination. They're playing right. great football. Jake Browning looks like he's back. Ten. He turned back the clock ten years ago. He's at Washington again. Right. I'm very excited to see this team. I want to see how they develop though, because. The more, the better they play, the uh, the more film they're gonna get. And right, the, yeah, go ahead. And other teams are gonna kind of are gonna try to start. They're gonna start figuring out um, how to kind of expose Jake Browning's weakness. Remember, he wasn't in the NFL for a while for a reason. Um, so it's, I, I'm I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna be uh, interested to see how the how this team responds going forward because something tells me this this can't last forever. Something's got to give here. Well, later on the show, I think we should do a nice dive into the playoff picture as a whole for both the AFC and the NFC. And we can go into some of these teams and what they have remaining. Because remember, there's only four games left in the season for these teams. So we're starting to get a clearer picture of which, you know, what these games look like for these teams, if they're winnable or if they're not winnable. But as you know, Johnson, any given Sunday, you never know what happens in the NFL. That showed definitely this week a couple of upsets. I mentioned the, the Bears and the Lions game. Uh, that wasn't on our rundown, but that, that was a, a very big shocker. The Lions now, people starting to maybe potentially think them as frauds. I don't really disagree with them. I think the Lions have played some pretty bad football these last couple of weeks. But another big thing that happened this week was we had a changing of the guard in the NFC South now. It's been a rough year for the NFC South. Let's face facts. The last couple, two years, I should say, that division has not looked great. But we now have a new first uh, place leader in the NFC South, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about Baker Mayfield? Uh, An unbelievable game-winning drive to get the Buccaneers into first place in the NFC South as they were able to hold on and defeat their division rival, the Atlanta Falcons. And maybe they get into the playoffs and host a playoff game. They get a 28 to 25 win, a 29 to 25 win, excuse me. And it sucks for the Falcons because I got to say, this was probably Desmond Ritter's best NFL start he's had in his entire career. He showed some really good strides in this game, but it was all for nothing. It was another unfortunate last second touchdown drive to beat Atlanta. I mean, no one's going to hold this against him. Uh, he's playing great football. Uh, it's not his fault. So at the end of the day, I, 
his job is safe for another week, in my opinion. Well, I think the biggest thing for Atlanta is they got a big game out of Drake London. I think that's something there. The fans are really ecstatic to see London put on an absolute show. And keep in mind, he was four yards away from winning the game for the Falcons on the on the last second hail mary from Desmond Ritter, but he got tackled at the four yard line that gave the Buccaneers the win. But London put up 172 yards in this game. Kyle Pitts even put up a touchdown. And you have to think, with all that stuff going on, Ritter those for 300 yards, you have to think to yourself, hey, this looks great. We might make sure make the playoffs if everything goes right. But unfortunately for them, the, big, the biggest issues for Atlanta in this game, they couldn't run the ball, which has been a, you know, a big success for them this season. Uh, and they struggled against the run themselves. Rashad White had 102 yards on the ground. Baker Mayfield had two passing touchdowns, including the game winner to Kate Auden. And that's pretty much all she wrote. And the Buccaneers, they have a big matchup this week with the Packers. Right now, those teams are both the same record. But Tampa Bay right now has sole possession of first place in that NFC South. And it's going to be crazy because that team is going to be the loser of a wildcard game against uh, probably the Eagles with the Cowboys. So that would be really funny to see. It's, yeah, exactly. They're going to have the short end of the stick facing... The congrats, NFC you East, won your division. Right. Please, please face the loser of the NFC East now. Wait a minute. That's what happened last year. Remember what yeah. happened with Tampa Bay? They faced Dallas, and Dallas absolutely throttled them in the in the wild card. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady swan song. How sad. But a team I know you've been uh, enjoying this past couple weeks uh, has been playing some really good football. San Francisco 49ers. Five straight wins after that bye week in which, remember going into the bye week, we thought – they were in trouble. They had, were on a losing streak. Maybe things were going wrong for them. But they made the trade for Chase Young. Brock Purdy has looked really good the last couple of weeks. Christian McCaffrey continues to play some great football as well. And now these last couple of weeks as well, Debo Samuel looking like the same guy we saw a couple of years ago where he could really make some threats in the running game, receiving-wise. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is looking amazing as well. Kittle is Kittle. And they took advantage of a Seahawks team. They didn't have Geno Smith in this game as they hand the Seahawks now their, I believe, their fifth straight loss or maybe their fourth straight loss. I have to do, I have to check in a second. But a 28 to 16 win for the Niners now gives them sole possession of the top seat in the NFC because coinciding with what happened on Sunday Night Football, the Niners would right now have home field advantage throughout the playoffs if the season ended today. That's crazy to think about it when you uh, when you break it down. And like I said, I've been like you said, I've been loving this Niners team. Very fun team. Now my question is, and this is this is an interesting one. What's who do you think has the best chance of stopping the Niners in the AFC? Should they make it to the championship? Because or, or the Super Bowl? Because so if they get to the Super Bowl. You're asking what team I think gives the them AFC. the biggest problem. Because you could say NFC, you know, Dallas Eagles, mm. whatever. I know Eagles got blown out, but they could. Readjust and play. And play the Niners, uh, keep in mind, again. the Niners have blown out both the Eagles and the Cowboys. The two yeah, teams I'm, that I'm have the same aware. record. I'm, I'm aware they've blown out both of them, but it's hard to beat a team twice, especially in the playoffs. That's true, but if they're in Santa Clara, that changes. That could change everything. Right, right, right. It's all fluid right now. I'm saying, should that's they a, make it out of the NFC? Question. What AFC team poses the biggest threat? That's a tough. That's a tough one. I, I can't think of one. I think the winner of the NFC is going to be the winner of the Super Bowl. Because I don't, I, I don't particularly think it's close. Because Kansas City is not what they used to be. I think yep. they're having a really down year. We'll talk about them in a little bit later on. Um, Miami we saw can't what, be a team over 500. We saw what happened when Jacksonville played this Niners team. It did not look good for Trevor Lawrence and company. 
Uh, and I don't know if I, Baltimore is weird because I feel like they could give them a fight, but I just think San Francisco is more talented on paper. Like, it's tough. I think if, like, it really would have to be a team that has a strong defense, like, and you know can give, like, Brock Purdy and company a problem. If the Browns didn't have an issue of quarterback, and listen, I, I know Flacco. Listen, I know Joel Flacco. I listen. I know Flacco had a pretty good game this week. Uh, I'm going to give him his flowers. He did play pretty solid against the Jaguars. But can you really get sit here and say that he's going to go beat the Niners again in the Super Bowl? I know he beat them when he was with Baltimore, but do you think at this current stage of his career that could really happen? Yes. Oh boy. I believe in Jolie. I I'm a Joe Flacco trooper. I've always been I'll a Joe Flacco trooper. I think it has to be a team that's defense is really strong, and I think I I guess Baltimore is that you know decent of a team defensively, but it has to be like a top five. I, I feel like it, like if Cleveland had their quarterback situation settled, I could say the Browns could probably be the biggest threat in the AFC for San Francisco because they have an elite defense, but. The other teams that you you see right here, Kansas City's had some some up and downs this year defensively, but their offense has really gone to worse this last couple of weeks. Jacksonville, their offense has looked good these last couple of weeks, but now their defense has looked bad, so they're pretty much in a Jekyll and Hyde situation. You mentioned Miami; they have they really can't beat a team right now above five hundred. And keep in mind, they have all these injuries now going on for them as well, so they're in a bad spot when it comes to it and. There's a strong possibility they might not even win the division the way that they're going right now. There's a, there's a chance Buffalo might sneak in and, st- and take it away from them. And then um, you wake up. I I think you have to look at it, Johnson, because I really think Buffalo might be able to take the division away from them. That would be absolutely insane, and I'm if not you, a fan of Beaver Team. That would be hilarious. I want you to do me a, a favor. When we go to I've, the Dolphins. I've looked at the, yeah, I've looked at yeah. Buffalo's schedule. It have is very winnable. Have you looked at Miami's schedule, though? I have not. They have the Jets this week, which should be a win- winnable game. But okay. the last three, home against Dallas, yep, at Baltimore, and home against yep. Buffalo. That Buffalo game is going to decide the division. Absolutely. I think that last game of the season is going to be the win and end. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. That might not only be for the division. That could maybe be for an entire playoff spot because who knows what the way this AFC playoff picture is going on. Buffalo right now is still not even in the playoffs. So yeah, there's I mean, a strong possibility that if Miami continues to falter, they can maybe miss the entire postseason as a whole. But like yeah. I said, we'll talk about the Dolphins later on the show. But I, I just think that that's an interesting storyline we should talk about right now with how this AFC picture is going on. Because your question going back to where you think who I think could beat the Niners – I don't know right now. The way they're playing, this is probably the best they play in this in this entire stretch. Like this is going back to the year they lost to Mahomes and company in the Super Bowl. This might be the most impressive team they've had in the entire tenure because you added Young, you give your defense another solid threat defensively, and Brock Purdy right now is right now the favorite to win MVP. And you have Christian McCaffrey, who is a top one of the the best running backs in all of football. Ayuk and Debo are a great one-two threat, and George Kittle is one of the best tight ends. This, ha- in my opinion, if San Francisco can't get it done this season, I don't know what you do 
Because I feel like this is their best chance to win the Super Bowl. This has to be it for them. I, like, I, like I, you said, this is it. Out of the I AFC, really none it. of these teams match up well. If they can get out of the NFC, it should be very. They should be ten point favorites in the Super Bowl. If they yeah, can get there, I, I just don't know who in the AFC gives get, would give them a problem. That's the problem. I, I listen. I think they. I think they play Baltimore too at what some point in the stretch of the season, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to think of the Niners schedule off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, but, I mean the Niners they play, do. play Baltimore Christmas Eve. Oh, they play them on Christmas. Oh, Christmas Day. Excuse that's me. a that's an eight. That's a prime time game at eight o'clock. That's gonna be a great game. That that you know what I'll say that if Baltimore can give them a problem and make that a competitive game, then that's probably your answer. But if Baltimore gets blown out, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who in the AFC could give them a chance uh, a problem if they get to the Super Bowl. I guess yeah. only time will tell. Yeah, but. I think it's time to get into a game that originally when you went into with Johnson, obviously you had um, some, you know, your doubts because these are two teams you don't like, but it did leave you smiling at the end of the day, considering now what's been going on with one of these two teams as the Bills went into Kansas City, got a huge, pretty much seizing, you know, saving their season win over the Kansas City Chiefs, 20 to 17. Now, I'm not going to say it's a controversial call because the call was right. This is one time you you applaud the officials for how right it was. Uh, Kadarius Tony obviously was very offside on the on the you know the play in question on a Mahomes pass to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey lateraled the ball behind him to Tony. They score on the play. Chiefs fans are going wild. Bills fans are thinking not again. Another late touchdown given up to the Chiefs and. Then there's a whole uh, offside call on Tony. Mahomes and company are furious about the call. But, like I said, it's the right call. Because Tony was completely offside in this one. And there was no reason for, you know, the reactions of how they reacted at the end of this game. And I think now the world is starting to, you know, kind of get this narrative about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that, Listen, this might that be I've had for the last five years, but this is, but th- here's, here's why, here's what I, here's what I'm thinking about this thing. There was always this stigma about New England, right? Where they, you know, people would talk about Brady and Belichick and they would always talk about the referees. And now Kansas city is kind of trying to do the same thing. Mahomes and Reed pretty much went after the referees after this game and it was the right call. So I don't know what they were really getting at. Mahomes tried to, you know, I want I want anyone, and I'm, gonna, yeah. and I'm calling you. I want anyone to give me one example. One example. I'll ask for one, where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, after a game like that, after a call which you know was 100 percent incorrect, was wrong. Right? They got called on whatever they the call were, was. They were 100 percent in the wrong. Right? And they then were upset her- because yeah. they thought they, they. I didn't. I don't mean to cut you off. The only reason they thought they they were upset is because they thought that Tony checked what the referee, if he was on or not. But Tony never checked, and they never knew that. Uh, That's just a bullheaded play by him. Listen, sucks to suck. I want anyone to give me a play similar to what happened in that Chiefs game where Belichick and Brady uh, not only braided the refs, but complained to the opposing team quarterback when he's supposed to be congratulating him. Yeah, this was this was not a good look for Patrick Mahomes. That, he Patrick looked, Mahomes was a crybaby. And yeah, you know he, what? I'm going to say it again. He peaked five years ago. 
He there was a point, and I, I was and I was making this a couple minutes ago where he was talking about the play, and he tried to backtrack on it and say, um, you know, I feel bad for Kelsey because that's a Hall of Fame play right there, and people are not going to remember it. Like, why would they remember that one play? It's it's a regular season game. They're going to remember the play from the Bills game in the playoffs a couple years ago. They're going to remember all the, the great moments in the Super Bowl he's had. It's Actually, one play that w- won't define you. It, right now, it's still not defining their season because they're still in the division oh, it, lead. It, to me, it's defining their season. They can win the Super Bowl. I'm going to remember this play. Well, if they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to remember, remember how they act. You remember how they – you don't – okay, the best way to judge people is not how they're acting when they're on top. It's when they're acting when, when they're on when the When things bottom. are going wrong. Right. And this is a perfect way to look at Patrick Holmes. Like, you know what? He's a crybaby. Well, look at the rest of the team. It's not only Mahomes. Chris Jones was arguing with the with a coach. The coaches are Mahomes slamming Mahomes is the leader, though. I'm not going to condone any of your activity, but Mahomes is your leader on the field, in well, the locker room, yeah. in the public eye. He is your leader. This was the first time where I, could, I saw him very you know vocal and angry at a call like this. He always looks for calls, and I will say that. He does look for them a lot, and he most of the time does get the call. But when the call was against him, he he didn't handle it well. Actual Holmes, in yeah. his last seven, in his last six games, has uh fourteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions in his last six games with a passer rating of eighty three point nine. Yeah, listen, that's not, even, fan, that's not even good. As a Giants fan, I was only happy because it, it happened to Kadarius Tony. So, uh. You know, I was very happy that it was the perfect person to happen to. Hey, and Nick, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, but Tommy yeah. DeVito over his six games has a passer rating of ninety six point five, eight touchdowns, and only, only three interceptions. He's only started four games. So, listen, I know I'm always only started four games, but he's gonna get those reps in. And it's enough to actually say, okay, he played a decent amount. He had he had, he had twenty plus plus pass attempts all those games. So, all I'm listen, saying I'm not the- saying that. And and all I'm saying is, over the last month and a half, Tommy DeVito's been the better quarterback. I'm not a Giants so, fan. So you're saying that the true number fifteen in the NFL is not Patrick Mahomes; it's Tommy DeVito. Uh, for the months of no- from November fifth to present, yes. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to get that back, though. Well, listen, as Patrick Mahomes' fantasy owner, um, obviously this has not been fun times for me. I need him to, uh, you know, not play like this because I need him for a championship run. So hopefully he plays better. Obviously, for your sake, you're hoping that he doesn't. But I think the other thing to know with Johnson about this right now for the Chiefs is they only have a one-game lead now in the division after Denver beat the the Chargers this past week. So... There's a chance the Chiefs might not even win the division right now. I would now, love that. I would now love the, that. The, the biggest thing for the Chiefs, and I think this is where I think they're going to be fine, is you look at their last four games, they're all pretty much winnable. I think the biggest, toughest stuff they have left is going to be the Bengals game. But that's still without Joe Burrow. If Brown continues to play the way he's playing, then maybe they have a chance. But you have to think Kansas City at least can win three out of their next four games. I guess we'll find, and, only time will tell. But maybe you guys. But listen, you're playing them this week. Maybe you play spoiler. Oh, uh, we're definitely gonna lose. Like I'm talking but about I the stress. You, we're 100 gonna lose. Now I know you want to okay tank. But I was gonna say I know you want to tank. But I think you would also be okay if you beat the Chiefs because you could go. You could really go into this offseason and say, "Man, this season sucked." But hey, listen, we beat Josh Allen, the Bills. We beat the Jets. We beat the Steelers, and we beat the Chiefs. 
I mean, sure. That looks that looks great. Um, uh, so those I'll are four of your it. biggest rivals for the past like decade or two. I mean, you'll I mean, the Chiefs it. weren't much of a rival. It's kind of just a one. I would say the Chiefs and the Jets are well, one sided games for the last years of Brady and New England. It was. I'm saying that they were still one sided games. We just stomped them out whenever it was important. And the yeah. Jets have one, I've, and I've, I haven't seen a Jets loss since I was in high school. I wasn't even allowed to drive the last time, uh, the last time the New York Jets beat New England. So that's that's a very relevant. Have they played? Uh, they haven't played their second game against the Jets, right? I think they have one they more. I think that's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's it. It's gonna be at Foxborough. That's oh yeah, it's the last game of the season. Last game of the season. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, let's now go into the final game of the Sunday slate, the game that. I had no pretty much interest in because I hate both of these teams. But in fairness to the Dallas Cowboys, they got a huge win to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They pretty much dominated them. The Eagles' only touchdown of the game was a defensive scoop and score for Jalen Carter. Cowboys dominated on both sides of the ball, and they win 33-13. This win, Johnson, now puts Dallas into first place in the NFC East. They are tied with the Eagles. They have the same record, but the Cowboys currently have the tiebreaker. And because of that win also, it helped, it helped, as I mentioned earlier, the San Francisco 49ers now getting the first overall seed in the NFC at the moment. So the season ended today. The Eagles will be the five. The Cowboys would be the number two. And the Niners will be the number one in the NFC postseason. So the Eagles, man, this has not been good for them. They've lost two straight games now, and both in pretty embarrassing fashion to both two of the top teams in the NFC. And now... They have a pretty much winnable schedule for the remaining four games, but they have not been playing some good football, and who knows what happens the rest of the, the, rest of the way. And I said this in the beginning. I didn't think the Eagles were that good of a team based off their litmus test against New England. Uh, like I said, when you let a team that bad score like that and keep it close within, uh, within really to the final possession, you're going to be in for some trouble. I don't care what you do during the regular season, but... Like I said, Eagles aren't really looking good. I'm not really a big fan of the uh, the team. I don't think they have that high of a ceiling. They kind of remind me of the, the 11 and all Steelers from a couple of years ago. I realize they didn't start off undefeated for that many games, but that's the kind of vibe I'm getting right now. Yeah, this was a team that was a couple of seconds away from potentially winning a championship last season. And the way the Niners are playing right now, the Cowboys are starting to play some good football. It's going to be tough for, for Philadelphia to get through the NFC to make it back to the Super Bowl this year, in my opinion. So, they that's and listen. I know Detroit's been playing bad too, but Detroit still will give should be in contention to potentially make it out of the NFC as well. So, it won't be easy for the Eagles, is what I'm trying to get at. Absolutely not. And but we had two games on Monday for Monday night football. Yes, we did. We had an exciting game, both really exciting games. Usually Monday, Monday night football night, was pretty good this week. Usually midweek football, Monday and Thursday night football have been absolute snooze fest. But for the last week. We've been getting last some games. We're getting a lot of points. We we had the game and last week too with the the Jaguars and the Bengals was pretty good too. Yeah, listen, we're getting some good games. And by the way, uh, spoiler alert: if you had taken a hundred dollars and rolled it over on the underdog money line for the last five weeks, every single week, so you start a hundred, roll that over up until now, you'd be up two hundred two thousand dollars. So the underdogs coming out to play on Monday nights. Yeah, the uh, the biggest one. This is, I think, the biggest win for an underdog this entire season in terms of point spread. Um, the original rec- the original mark was the Cardinals win earlier this season against the, the Cowboys. And the Titans were 13-point underdogs in this going into this Monday night game with the Dolphins. Now, let's paint a picture for this too, Johnson. 
The Dolphins, if they won this game, would have been the top seed in the AFC going into Week 15. They would have had right now the top overall record due to tiebreakers with Baltimore. So, the Dolphins have a 14-point lead with three minutes left. And let me paint you another picture. Since 2016, Johnson, teams are were 0 and 767 when trailing by 14 points with under three minutes left. The Titans now officially become that 1 and 767 as they score 15 points in the final three minutes of this game. And even though the last touchdown I was very angry about, I'm not going to say why, it's still very, uh, if not for the Giants game, I would have been very, very down bad last night. But the Titans pulling off the biggest, maybe the biggest upset in the entire year, definitely in terms of point spread-wise, definitely is the biggest upset. And Will Levis and company, got to give them credit. They were able to get down the field on both pretty much two two two-minute game-winning drives. And the Dolphins, this was just a really bad performance in which they couldn't capitalize on some of their drives. They allowed them ending in field goals. Uh, Tua had an up-and-down night, was sacked five times. Tyreek Hill got injured a couple times in the game. They lost their starting center, Connor Williams, now to a torn ACL. He's going to be out for the season. And I mentioned earlier, this loss also coupled with the Bills' win it pretty much gives Buffalo a still a realistic chance of winning the AFC East. And if the Dolphins continue to play like they played on Monday, who the Dolphins really realistically could be in danger of maybe missing the postseason. I mean, I'm here all for it. Uh, Will Levis looked like an absolute stud at quarterback. He did. Uh, and this is a – I'm going to raise this question too. Did Patch, is Patrick Holmes really that good or is Tyree Kill – an elite ceiling raiser for quarterbacks. Because now we saw him, we've seen two without Tyreek Hill, and we've seen Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. So is that is Tyreek Hill that good of a wide receiver that he raises oh, the yeah, ceiling absolutely. on his quarterbacks? Well, look at what he's done. He's he's on pace to have 2,000 receiving yards this season. Yeah. I mean, even listen, even without with this pitiful game where he injured his ankle, like you mentioned, he's on pace to have 2,000 receiving yards. Right. And listen, we knew Tua was coming into a year where, you know, last year you had the concussion and you were saying to yourself, all right, listen, hopefully he stays healthy. You're going to have Waddle. You're going to have Hill. You got Devin a chan uh, from the draft. He's been a, he's been pretty solid up, you know, other than the injuries he's had this season. Mostert is still a solid running back for them. He leads the NFL, I believe, in rushing touchdowns. And Despite all that, the Dolphins' defense pretty much faltered at the end of this game. I mean, when you have a 14-point lead with under three minutes left, you're expecting to win that game. Even if the Dolphins' offense doesn't get the first down to seal the game, you need your defense to step up. And them giving up 15 points in that final three minutes is a really, really bad performance overall by them. And it now leaves them with a lot of questions. And it's kind of like the same questions I have for the Lions are, with saying, are they frauds? I know you believe yes. that. Um, I'm starting to believe it as well because that's a pretty Does bad the loss. Pope live in the Vatican. Is water wet? The Dolphins in the December are always live really in bad the too. They can't. They can't get over that stick. The uh, the um, the state. The statement of they can't play in December. It happened last season too, and it's happening again this season. 
And again, I think we went over this. I don't know if we went over this last week, but right now, what's their most impressive win of the season? Is it that 70-point game against Denver? Yeah, and it was against a really bad Denver team. Congratulations. I got, you know, when what I say oh. after that game, what I say after that game immediately, I say congrats I, on your Super Bowl. Yeah. And you know what? They're not proving me right. They're proving me right right now. So all, all their wins right now on the season are against teams under 500, except for the Denver win. But at the time, Denver was, I think, 0-3. they were 0-3 yeah. at the time. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's just how it is. But let's talk about the Giants thriller in MetLife Stadium this past <laughs> weekend in beautiful North New Jersey, right outside New York City. Tommy DeVito, leader of men on the football field leading the Giants to possibly a playoff berth as they stun the Green Bay Packers. Well, let's paint a picture for this game because the Giants pretty much, in my opinion, handled most of this game. They had a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. They forced two sacks on him. He fumbled at one point. He threw an interception as well. There were a lot of bright spots for the Giants team in this game. DeVito was really good passing and running. Saquon, other than that key fumble in the fourth quarter, had a pretty solid game. Wandell Robinson made some big plays offensively. Isaiah Hodges made a great touchdown play. Um, the defense, in my opinion, played phenomenal overall. Deontay Banks has looked like a really solid pick for the Giants this season. Kayvon Thibodeau now has 12 and a half sacks on the, or I think 12 sacks now uh, on the season. So he's looked really good in year number two. And we saw Aziz Ojolari had a big impact. Dexter Lawrence came back from injury, had a big impact. Jason Pinnock had the, had a huge couple plays, including the interception I had talked about. He had a big defensive stop on third down or second down in the goal line late in the fourth quarter. But this was just another fun game on Monday night. We saw the Packers looking like they were about to lose. Um, the Barkley fumble set them up for the go-ahead touchdown as Love would throw a touchdown pass to Malik Keith, and it looked like at that point, Johnson, I said, this is another frustrating game for the Giants, because this is a game in which they should win, and it's going to be like this: the other games they've had this season. The Buffalo game, they should have won. The Jets game, they should have won. And I thought right there and then, I said, this is going to be another one of those games where the Giants have one stupid play, and that's the end of the game. But when you have Tommy Cutlets on your team, my you know, my passing Pison gets down the field pretty much. It was an eight play drive, but he pretty much got the Giants down the field in four plays. Biggest play of, the, of that drive was a big pass to Wandell Robinson to set them up inside the red zone. And at that point, I said to myself, I'm expecting heartbreak because it was Randy Bullock kicking a field goal. Fat Randy. Fat Randy had already missed a field goal in this game. And. If you remember last season, he missed a field goal for the Titans to help Brian Dable win his first game as an NFL head coach. So I said to myself, here it is. This is how we lose the game, probably. But Fat Randy surprised me and actually made the field goal. And the Giants snuck out and got a huge 24-22 win. And as you mentioned, they're still technically alive in the playoff race. They're right now one game out of the final wild card in the NFC. And if the season ended today, they'd be picking eighth in the NFL draft. So I'm at the point where I don't care what happens. If they lose and get a high draft pick, so be it. But if you continue to keep this, I dare I say, Linsanity 
type of momentum going with DeVito going into a potential playoff opportunity? Why not? It's making for great television right now. You saw last night how many memes were made after Tommy's agent, you know, got caught on the field. You know, he's kissing his father in the stands. They're going absolutely wild. This is the best thing the Giants have had going for them for a while. And that's even including a playoff berth last season for this team. And if you look at the Giants' last four games, you have two games in which you could pull off a win. The other two are against the Eagles, which are very concerning, and I'm not looking forward to the Christmas Day game. But if the Eagles have everything clinched up by Week 18, maybe the Eagles rest their stars, and maybe the Giants can pull out a win in that game. So there's a potential the Giants could maybe win three of their next four games and can maybe sneak in. And like you said earlier with your Patriots, where if one thing goes the other way, you could be 6-6 six and six right now. That's how I feel with the Giants right now. I think they should be 7-6 and six right now if they had not lost the way they lost to the Jets and how they lost to Buffalo. But that's being as it may yeah, right no, now. I, I believe, I'm a firm believer in that as well, and you kind of summed it up well. Uh, before we go into our Week 15 edition of the Mushing, Week 15 edition of the Mushing Hour, excuse me, you have some rather melancholy QB news that's been occurring the last uh, the last couple of weeks. Or this past week, I should say. All happened in one week, yeah. I mean, we saw the injury to C.J. Stroud, and no surprise it happened at MetLife either. But Stroud left the game with a concussion. The Texans lost that game pretty badly to the Jets. And now their uh, playoff hopes are in jeopardy right now. They're one of the 7-6 teams in the wildcard race in the AFC pitcher. Hopefully Stroud is able to play this week. For the Texans, they really need something. They're playing the Titans team coming up that win against the the Dolphins. So the the Titans are have everything. They they have nothing you know to lose. They they're they're trying to play spoiler at this rate. So the Texans will definitely need C.J. Stroud to come back. Um, we saw Josh Dobbs get benched in a disgusting three out the win for the Vikings. Pretty much saved the Vikings' chances of making the playoffs. But that wasn't the only thing that happened with Josh Dobbs because of him getting benched. He got benched for. Nick Mullins in this game, and now Mullins is going to start this upcoming weekend for the, the Vikings. So the Vikings are now, Johnson, on their fourth starting quarterback of the season. So it's been a it's been a long year for the Vikings, but they're still 7-6 and in a playoff spot. But now it's going to be up to Nick Mullins to get them into the postseason. Hopefully they have Justin Jefferson back after he got injured once again in this game against the Raiders. But the final quarterback injury was a big one. Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, fractured a finger in the loss to the Broncos. He's now done for the rest of the regular season. He's going to have surgery on the finger. So Herbert is now done. The Chargers are essentially now done in general. And I think we're getting closer now to Brandon Sealy potentially getting fired. So maybe there's a silver lining at the end of the day for San Diego. And I know I said San Diego, but I'm, they're not Los Angeles to me. So I'm going to continue to say they're San Diego. And I think you kind of just summed it up perfectly there. And that's going to lead us to Week 15's edition of the Mushing Hour. Uh, looking forward to this. Lots of really great games, even on Saturday this week. We got Thursday night football, Saturday night football, Sunday all-day football, Sunday night football, and Monday night football. So you get your football action every day of the week besides Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday this week. So good for us. Yeah. And it's going to remember, keep be- in mind. That I didn't mean to cut you off. We're also I think we're going to have this also next week too. I think there's also Saturday games for week 16, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. You are correct. We'll oh. get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day football games the week after that too. Yep. 
But go right ahead. And with that being said, let's talk about the mushing hour. We have first game. We have the Chargers on the road going into Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. This is Thursday night football. Raiders at home minus three point favorites. Thirty three and a half is the slated over under. Give me Raiders minus three. Easy peasy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie with you. This is gonna be a very ugly game because now there's no Herbert. I would have picked the Chargers if they had Herbert. There's also a possibility Josh Jacobs not, might not play for the Raiders. So there's going to be some key playmakers not playing in this one for both sides. Uh, I don't trust the Raiders to score right now. I don't trust the Chargers to score right now. I'm going to take the under. All righty, then. The next game we have is the Minnesota Vikings going on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals this Saturday. Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, slated over under 38-and-a-half. Give me Bengals minus three and a half. Uh, Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins, like you said. Uh, I guess I unfortunately have to take Jake Browning because Joe Mixon's been an absolute tank on the field and Alexander Madison can't stay on the field. The only place he's on the field is in the blue medical tent. Take I know that from experience, folks. As, as I was going to say, he's a fancy owner of him, so he definitely knows from experience. Uh, I think we're going to have our first mush because I also think the Bengals win this game. Uh, they have a nice wave of momentum going right now. We saw Chase Brown also get involved in the game this past week. A couple of big catches for them, including a touchdown. But you, as you mentioned, Joe Mixon's looked really good. Browning's been very efficient. The Bengals' defense also should get some credit. They've been playing strong when they needed them the most. I think they give Nick Mullins a company a hard day on, on Saturday. The next game we have on our list, the third game, uh, second game on Saturday, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Indy at home, minus 2.5 point favorites, 42.5 is the slated over-under. Give me Steelers plus 2.5 because Mike Tomlin always figure, figures out how to win these types of game. Uh, Indy also has a backup quarterback. Maybe we get some Mason Rudolph action. I don't know. Steelers plus 2.5. Well, for the Steelers to continue Mike Tomlin straight, they got to win two games. Uh, I look at their schedule. I know they already beat Baltimore once. I can't see them beating Baltimore again. Uh, I can't see them even going into uh, Seattle and beating the Seahawks right now at this point. I don't know, Johnson. I feel like the streak might be coming to an end soon. They're playing some very bad football. Their offense, even without Matt Canada, is still playing bad. So maybe Matt Canada was just a scapegoat at the end of the day for this team. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe so, maybe not, but... The pro- I, I think the Colts will win this game. I'm going to take them minus two and a half. Uh, I just don't trust the Steelers at this point. I feel like they are pretty. I feel like Tomlin's starting to lose the locker room, also, in a sense. And the Colts, they they have been playing some pretty fo- pretty good football up until that game against the Bengals. I think they get back on track. I trust Gardner Minshew more than what the the, car- the Steelers have going right now, at quarterback. So that's my reasoning for the pick. Alrighty, then. We have our Saturday night primetime game, 8-15 at night. The Denver Broncos on the road going into Detroit to take on the Lions. I want to save the Pontiac Silverdome, but I know that's not right. Shout out Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Detroit at home, minus five-point favorites, 46.5 is the slated over-under. Give me Broncos plus five. Broncos have been playing really good, and Detroit hasn't. So give me them to at least cover. I don't know if they win, but they will cover. Yeah, it's kind of weird. How, uh, you know, when the season started, this was considered to be pretty much a game where you say, oh, the Lions are going to are gonna beat them down. But the Lions, as you mentioned, have not been playing good. They had that, that loss on Thanksgiving to the Packers. They almost blew, They almost lost to the Bears the first time. 
in which they were down 12 points, but under four minutes left, they were able to come back and win that game. And then they just lost to the Bears this past week. And that was a really bad performance. And I think a big concern for them right now is Jared Goff has been really bad in these games too. He has not looked good in each of these games that they have played the last couple of weeks. And I think that's a huge concern for them going right now. The Broncos, as you mentioned, also have been playing great. They started off 1-5. and five. They're now 7-6. and six. And they right now are in a good position to potentially get a wild card spot. We're going to have our second mush of the day. I'm going to take Broncos plus 5 as well. We have three more games left. Uh, next one, important game, like we mentioned before. We have the Dallas Cowboys on the road going into Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills Mafia, or they will be rebranded to another organization because of their culture's comments. No, we're not going to forget that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys on the road. Buffalo minus two and a half point favorites at home. 49 and a half is the slated over under. Give me Cowboys plus two and a half. They just destroyed the Eagles, and the Bills aren't that good of a team. I don't care if they're home. To have Cowboys as an underdog here by. More than one point is a joke. Well, the, the Bills are in a spot where it's pretty much you got to win every, every pretty much every one of these games. One loss really could derail their season and end the year for them. Um, I'm at the point where like, do I who would I want to win the division in the NFC more? Like, do I want the Cowboys to win or the Eagles to win? Like, I, I, you I want Dallas to win more? I guess, but like, yeah, it's disgusting to say it. It's just so they're just so ugh. But I will say this: um, I'm gonna take Buffalo minus minus two and a half. They uh, they pull off a nice win for me this past week against the Chiefs. I picked Buffalo to win that game, or at least to cover that game. Um, I think also that they have some. They they know what's at stake. They have everything's on the line for them right now. The Cowboys are at a spot where they're pretty much in the playoffs. Even if they were to lose this game, they still have a good chance to win the division. They just need the Eagles to lose a game or two down the stretch of the season. So I'll take Buffalo minus two and a half to win. And also uh shout out to my uncle, uh, Greg Newman, who has been a very avid listener of this show. He will be at this game this Sunday. So hopefully the Bills are able to pull out a win for him, considering he's not only a, a Bills fan, but he's also a Giants fan. So he wants to see the Cowboys lose. All righty, then we have the next game here. Baltimore Ravens on the road going into Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. This is Sunday night football. Baltimore on the road, three and a half point favorites. Over under slate at 43 and a half. Give me Jacks plus three and a half. I realize I am very high on the Ravens, but I feel like the Jacks have to get a win. Uh, in primetime at home, Trevor Lawrence can have another week to rest that ankle. He looked a lot better in the second half than he did in the first half. I realize yeah. he had three picks on the day. Kind of doing his best famous Jameis impersonation. He's going to calm down a little bit. And a gritty game, but I think the Jags at least covers, so give me Jags plus three and a half. And keep in mind, they're in a spot where right now they haven't clinched the division. They only have a one-game lead on both Indy and Houston. And thankfully for them this week, both of those teams lost because if they both, if one of them at least won, the division would be tied right now. So thankfully for those Jaguars, they are still able to hold on to the division lead. But they have not, I don't know. They have played two straight AFC North teams. They lost to the Bengals, and then they lost to the Browns this past week. And I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think everything's on the line right now for Jacksonville. They need to try to pull out something sooner rather than later because I think that if they want to win this division, something has to go their way. And I think on paper, you look at these two teams, I think Jacksonville has way better playmakers than the, the Ravens do. But their defense is still a concern for me. That's that's where I have an issue with this game. 
I, I'm not confident in either team to pick them because I think these are just two really solid teams. So I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the over in this one. All right, I like it. And the final game, perhaps game of the week? Probably not. No. The Ravens Philadelphia Eagles on the road to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks on a four-game losing streak on Monday Night Football. Philadelphia three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. 47-and-a-half is a slated over-under. Uh, Eagles should bounce back and kick the ever-living hell out of a Seahawks. Sorry, Seahawks fans. Give me Eagles minus three-and-a-half. I've had Giants fans ask me uh, if Leonard Williams was the problem for the Giants. Uh, ever since he went to the Seahawks, they have won only one game since he's gotten there. And the Giants have won three since he left New York. So maybe Leonard Williams was the problem. And I commit, I thank him for the second-round pick the Giants got this season. But I'm getting off a of track. The, the Seahawks, we know what, what's, we know what their situation is. They've lost four in a row, as you mentioned. They are right now on the outside looking in at the playoffs started today. They have been playing some really bad football these last couple weeks. And I don't think it gets any better this week. I think the Eagles, as you mentioned, they have to get a bounce back after that. The last two weeks have been embarrassing for them. I think Eagles pretty much dominate this one. I'm going to go Eagles minus five. And that brings us to the end of the mushing hour. And before we sign off today, Nick, do you have anything you would like to add about this week in the NFL? Uh, I am hoping Tommy Cutlets can lead the Giants to another win this week. They play the Saints. That's a huge game as well, considering the Saints are one game ahead of the Giants in the standings and the wild card race. So I need Tommy Cutlets to continue this wave of momentum and keep the win streak going before we get our hearts stomped on Christmas Day by the Eagles. Well, that was depressing, but good for you, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, listen, I knew going into the season when I saw they scheduled us on Christmas that it was going to be a rough Christmas Day to begin with. Even if everything went right for the Giants this season and they had a winning record – it wouldn't be right because they were going into Philadelphia on Christmas Day. You know how these Eagle fans are, especially when it comes to Santa Claus. They're going to be ruthless, and the Eagles will definitely be in a situation where, especially if they lose the Seahawks this week, then they are, they might be all you know going all out and trying to kick the Giants' ass. So, for my sake, hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'm you know I I kind of expect it at this point. Any last statements from you? Uh, whoever the Patriots are playing this week, I hope you win. You got the Chiefs. Yeah, I hope I think you take win. that back. Nope. You want the Chiefs to win? Nope. I hope the Chiefs win, but I hope uh, it ends two zero on a safety. I think you're at the point where I think it's a win win for you on Sunday because either the Chiefs win and help your draft stock, or I've stopped you caring. Beat about, the... I stopped caring about this season like seven weeks ago. So right, but I'm what saying it, even if correct. you beat them, then you can just laugh in their face. I mean, if they lose to us, that's hilarious, and that's like, so. Yeah, you're right. It's it's win win either way. It's I mean, pretty I'm much a win win, no matter what. Giants are six point underdogs against the Saints this week. Hmm. Okay. okay. Hammer the points. Yeah, they, maybe hammer the points. I didn't want to put that game on the schedule because I was I was afraid to mush them. Anyway, uh, interesting week fourteen. Let's see how week fifteen goes. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas Don't Break Sports Show. Week fourteen was certainly a wild ride. A lot of big-time games happen, and now we have a lot of primetime games going into this Week 15. As Johnson mentioned, a Thursday night game, three Saturday games, a Sunday night football game as always. You also have the Cowboys and Bills at 4 o'clock, and the Monday night game with the Eagles and Seahawks. The AFC and NFC playoff pitchers are dwindling down to the final minute. Each teams have four games left in this season. We're getting closer to finding out who will be in contention for a Super Bowl championship. This has been Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. 
Have a great rest of your week.